Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall. And what a great win for the New York Rangers to close out the first half of the regular season here before they head to the All-Star break with a nice 4-1 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights, a very good Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, the Rangers, I mean, outstanding game pretty much the entire way. Uh, a good bounce back from a tough loss in Toronto. And that Toronto loss, I mean, we've seen that game before. I could have told you that Toronto was going to score late there. They did against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. They've done it a couple times against very good teams with high-powered offense. They sit back and they play defense, and it's just only a matter of time before these teams are going to score and break through. And sure enough, Toronto scores with what's five minutes left in the game. Uh, you knew it was going to happen. They almost, the Rangers almost lost the game regulation. I think Tavares hit the crossbar there in the final seconds. Um, so they're lucky to even get a point out of that game. But a game where they started off slow and then really picked up play, they dominated the second period, scoring two goals in the second. Two Filipino goals, but we'll get to him in a second. That kid's on fire right now. But you know, that was a tough loss to see, and the, and the Rangers are going to have to play a team like Toronto in the playoffs, and they can't sit back and just wait for these teams to score. Um, and I, I, we saw against, like I said, Tampa Bay last year, that game, was it game three, whatever it was, they sat back and boom, Toronto, and Tampa scored a goal. And the final, it just happens so much, and that's something that, Jar Gallant, whatever that strategy is, has to change because they can't sit back. They have to attack more. Against Vegas, you saw them attack. You know, they didn't sit back. They attacked. They got the Heedle again, scored the go ahead, the three to one goal to give them a little bump, a little, you know, breathing room there towards the end of the game. Then they get the empty netter towards the end. But, you know, they didn't sit back. They didn't wait for the teams to score on them. So you've seen it too many times in the Rangers that's something that has to change going forward. I don't know what the strategy is or what they're doing with that, but. They can't. It has to stop. It has to stop. The there's too many dumping the pucks and just dump and chase. They're not carrying the puck to the zone. They're not having any sustained offensive zone. I know you could say, hey, listen, you know, Toronto's selling out of that point, so they have to sit back. Well, that's the case. We should have more opportunities going forward on some, you know, two on ones. The Rangers got nothing going. There's not even. They had zero offensive zone sustained time, basically in the final seven minutes of that game. But. They ended on a high note. Right now, going into the, the All-Star break, the Rangers now set 10 points back at Carolina. They're in third place. Six points back of uh, the New Jersey Devils. I think they're in a good spot right now. Uh, considering the slow start they had, they've been playing great hockey since, you know, Truba's helmet throw. And, you know, Halak has played great. The guy switched up his helmet. Uh, you know, Dave Art posted on December 7th his new mask. And Halak was struggling all year long. And since the new mask, the guy's 5-0. and uh, like a 180 goal allowed, like a nine something save percentage. He's been outstanding since he's gotten the new mask change. That's all the guy needed. He needed a new paint job, and now he's back at it. So, uh, Halak's been really good. But Philip Hedl, 16 goals now on this on this uh, on the year. Now third in the team in scoring. Uh, this guy found it last year during the playoffs. He found the scoring touch. He's kept that confidence going. He's taking the steps that we want to see out of the next two kids. But listen, it's taken him a couple years. You know, Hedl's been around for six years now. So five years, six years, whatever he's been around now. So, I mean, it's taken him a while to get it going. So you have to have patience with Kako and Lafreniere. I think Kako has had a much better year than Lafreniere has, um, you know, considering what he's got. 20, Kako's got 23 points in the year this year. I, I guess Lafreniere's got 22. He's right behind him, but Kako scored a couple more goals um, and has played a little bit bigger minutes than Lafreniere in certain games. But, you know, 
look at this Rangers team where the, the production's coming. Like, Jimmy Vesey's got nine goals for you. Like, you did not think that was coming. Barkley Goodrow, again,'s having a good year. You know, nine goals and 23 points. So they have a very balanced scoring, but then the back end, you know, the last, the fourth line's got nothing. You know, really nothing production down there. So when you look where the Rangers need to go for this trade deadline, you've heard the Kane, you've heard, you know, uh, the kid out in San uh, San Jose. Like, oh, the Rangers need something going forward um, because, you know, Heedle's been pick, really picking up for the kid line, the third line. But if you keep the kid line together, you can't – listen, I love Jimmy Vesey, but he is so much better on a fourth-line player. Same with Barkley Goodrow. Those guys on the fourth line are so much better down there. You can't have them in the top six. So you got to go out and get a scorer for that top six. got to have someone – Either playing with Kreider and Zibanejad or, or Trocek and Panarin, you figure it out wh- where you gotta, they're going to go. But they need some kind of a piece up there and figure out what the hell they're going to do with Kratzoff. The kids only played 27 games this year. He's gotten three goals. Uh, you know what? The, what is his deal? What is what is his future look like with this team? Is he going to get traded? Uh, you know what? What's their plan? Because obviously, him sitting on the bench or, or playing fourth line minutes, that's not the plan. That's not what they want from this kid or what they need from this kid. So it comes back to, you know, if he's not going to play, then trade him. And if he's a trading chip, what kind of value does he have? Does he still hold some type of a first-round value to him? You know, can you get a score back from him that can make an immediate impact on the Rangers team this year? Are you looking for a guy who can maybe make immediate impact for that line as a, as a Taylor, as a Bertuzzi kind of player who maybe you re-sign the offseason? I don't know what his ask is going to be, but he's a pending UFA. Um, from Detroit, so we'll see. We'll see what the Rangers bring in. I know uh, Larry Brooks again came out and said the Rangers are still looking for defensive depth. Um, you know, I had uh, a friend of mine who was close to the Winnipeg organization up there say the Rangers were sniffing around Logan Stanley a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if they're still interested in him, but he's definitely a guy who would fit the bill there. Six seven, big defenseman, um, is an RFA at the end of the year, so he could be a guy that the Rangers bring in on a you know one year kind of see what they get out of him and maybe re-sign him for a cheaper contract this offseason. Obviously, with the cap crunch, they're not going to be able to go after a big-time defenseman that can stick around. So maybe he's a guy they do target, considering what his price range will probably be next year to re-sign. Um, yeah, and that should be the, the All-Star game should be fun. Three Rangers back in the All-Star game. Uh, I, As much as I love Panarin, I do think they got the wrong Ranger forward. I think Zabanej should have been the representative uh, if there was going to be a forward uh, playing there. But uh, it's pretty cool to see a forward D and goaltender uh, going from one team, so obviously Igor will be there. Adam Fox, which is very well deserved from Fox, you know, averaging just under a point per game, uh, forty-eight points in forty-nine games, and uh, Zabanj is now at a point per game. And hey, listen, Artemi's over a point per game. He's got fifty points. He's not scoring the goals, like, you know, but you know, he's getting. He's got thirty-eight assists, which is tied for Fox with the team lead. And uh, one other thing I got to talk about, and I love him. I'm a big Kreider supporter. You know, if you've listened to this show, you know I'm been a Kreider supporter since day one. When they re-signed him, I was one of the few Ranger fans who was probably happy about it. You know, a guy who really has turned his image around this, uh, to all this fan base because he was the Jacob Truba hate that happens now. That was what Chris Kreider was getting two years ago before he scored 50 goals. He's got 20 goals this year, which shocked me the other day when I was looking at the numbers. He might, though it might be the quietest 20 goals I've ever seen a player score. and Because he's had so many opportunities that I feel like have been missed that you kind of wonder like what how did he get the 20 goals he's only got four power play goals but how many times has he hit a post how many times has he just chipped the puck wider missed it i feel like there's been so many misses that really outweighs his goals and his production um but to see him he got 20 goals the other night 
in his seventh other game as a Ranger, which is very cool to see. Um, he'll go. I mean, Chris Kreider will go down as one of the best New York Rangers of all time when you look at his numbers and everything. Maybe the guy wins a cup at, towards the end of his career. Who knows? But he's a guy, you know, I was talking with another Ranger fan the other day, and they're like, who's the next Ranger that you can see maybe get their number retired? And I think, not going back to him, because I think Greshner might deserve it, or, um, you know, I think Emil Francis deserves to have some kind of recognition in the Garden, or any of those early guys. But, you know, I think Ron Greshner should be up there possibly. Um, even, you know, I, someone said Barry Beck the other day. Barry Beck was a good Ranger. I don't think he deserves to go up in the Raptors, but I think Barry Beck was a good Ranger. I think Brad Park could possibly have his number retired one day up for the Rangers. But you look at the current guys or recent guys, Adam Fox is the name that I think comes to mind, considering his production early in his career, the long-term contract he did sign. Um, you know, I think he's the guy, maybe, you know, you can think of Igor down the line if he wins a cup or, you know, has a career similar to Lundqvist where he's Vezina trophies and, you know, world-class goaltender. But Chris Kreider has to be up on that list. He can, looking at his numbers, he's going to be towards the top of every Rangers goal-scoring record. Um, you know, he, I think he, he already holds the playoff record for most goals scored, I believe, from last you know, he worked that last year, a title last year. You know, he's going to be closing in in the next couple of years on Rod Gilbert's all-time goals record here. Was was a 406 from Gilbert. So, you know, if he goes down as the greatest goal scorer, in Rangers history, I think he might have his number retired at the Garden if he continues the the way he's playing. And you know, he's got 20 goals now. That he'll be somewhere in the mid 30 to high 30 range, depending on if he can get really hot here towards the end of the year. So don't sleep on Chris Kreider, maybe putting up another 35 goals this year, um, but quietly four power play goals only. Zavanjic's got 13. Trocheck's got eight. You know, seeing Chris Kreider, he went almost 30 power play goals last year, going to just four this year. You know, shows one, he's playing better on five on five, scoring better five on five than last year. But all those missed opportunities in the power play, all those missed, and the power play has obviously struggled this year, and you can see from his production, you know, why it struggled. But, you know, maybe get Chris Kreider going more here, even though okay, it's tough to say guys out playing well with 20 goals, but he has struggled. He's in that Toronto game, he had a wide open net and missed the goal there. So he's just a guy that I think if the Rangers get him really going and really hot, and you know, he catches fire, he'll score. Nine, ten goals in you know in ten games, you know he he gets his stretches where he just racks up points and racks up goals. If they get him going in the second half, that's big for the Rangers. So um, very excited for the All Star game though. They have a lot of t- a ton of great. The skills competition is always fun too. So if you look it up on uh, NHL.com, posted all the crazy stuff they're doing. Uh, it should be fun to watch, and I think the NHL is probably the most entertaining All Star game of all of them. I, the dunk contest is still cool, and the home run derby is still cool, but I think. All in all, the whole weekend, the NHL has a better product. The NBA is just a dunk contest in the game itself. Um, you know, MLB is just a, a normal baseball game, which is not very exciting. And the NFL now going flag football. So, I mean, they just realize that their game's awful, so they should do something different. So, I think the NHL is still the best all-star weekend total. Uh, so, it should be fun to watch this weekend. But um, we have a great guest this week. We're joined by Jacksonville Iceman goaltender. He's actually seen a couple, uh, seen some action up in Hartford this year. He just got called up. Uh, in December, but didn't see a game, but he played there in the preseason. Parker Gahagan joins us, and what a great story. Uh, he went to West Point, the Army. Uh, just an incredible story from playing in West Point. One of the best goaltenders ever in that school's history. Uh, you go look up his stats. It's incredible, the honors and awards that he won there. And then, you know, obviously, you go to West Point, you're in the Army. You're in an active duty. So um, just a crazy journey of him getting... 
uh, you know, waivers to play pro hockey and then knocking waivers pro hockey and missing a whole season and having to serve a whole season and coming back and just a crazy story. His journey to playing pro, uh, the Rangers signed this last offseason after he won a um, ECHL uh, championship last year uh, with the National Predators organization with the Florida Everblades. And like I said, uh, Hartford signed him to a contract early in the year. He was in training camp with Hartford, was sent to Jacksonville, has played very well down there in Jacksonville, was called up for a couple of games in Hartford, didn't see any action, got sent back to Jacksonville. But uh, just a really cool hockey story. So it was great to talk with him and to learn more about uh, his career path, which is just nuts. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, but before we send to interview with Parker, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at InTheClutch.com. Listen, hockey season's here. MLB's heating back up. The Super Bowl's coming up. ML, uh, NBA's in full action. You're looking for your team gear. There's only one place to go. That's InTheClutch.com. We've released some Ranger t-shirts on there last year. There's a ton of hockey stuff, a ton of old defunct teams, too. Very cool stuff on there. Looking for some old East Coast Hockey League shirts. They got everything on there. It's very cool. Very cool stuff. Very cool vintage stuff on there. Great material. It is so soft. You can wear the T-shirt to bed, wear it to the games. You can wear it anywhere you want to go. So make sure you go check out InTheClutch.com. And when you do, use promo code BROADWAY to save 10% off any purchase you make today. So use the code BROADWAY at InTheClutch.com and go check them out. Go get your gear today. All right, we're now joined by a very special guest, the goaltender for the Jacksonville Iceman. He actually just had an appearance up in Hartford two a uh, couple weeks ago. But uh, Parker Gahagan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so first off, I want to get into signing with the Rangers this last offseason. You just popped up and down to Hartford. Uh, how's the year going so far for you? It's going pretty well, I'd say. Um, just organization-wise, it was a great experience going to you know, Rangers camp and, you know, the Hartford camp, um, you know, and then ending up in Jacksonville, I think, uh, organizationally, I mean, I think, uh, it's a great group of guys. Um, and then also just, the, you know, just the experience of, you know, the resources we've received have, um, you know, kind of set you up for success and, um, you know, on individual level it's gone pretty well and, um, yeah, just keep rolling away here. Uh, we had your coaches on recently. We both, uh, both coach, we had Nick and Brennan on, and uh, oh, they were talking about the the new facilities and everything, and how great they are, and how uh, they think it's gonna be the best in the in the coast. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a work in progress. I mean, I think right now we we go in there. We, there's a new ice sheet installed, so we're, we're able to skate on that. And you know, right now they're doing the finishing touches on the locker room and the workout room in that area. So I think. Once that's all completed, you know, it's with deadlines and construction, you never know exactly <laughs> when that's going to happen, but it's definitely an exciting time uh, to be a part of the organization and, you know, kind of see, see what the end result is. Um, and I got to ask this, you grew up in Buffalo and I, I think I'm no, you know, the answer, but uh, who was your favorite team growing up? Hockey wise? Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely a Sabres growing up. Okay. I mean, okay. Especially especially during that era. I mean, the 05, 06 team, you know, you had like, well, you had Chris Jericho, yeah, he was on there. You got Briere, Afenagena, like those guys. It was, it was a fun team to watch. And, um, you know, they definitely had a bit of a, a re extended rebuild, you could say, for um, <laughs> 10 years or so. But, you know, I think right now they're, you know, they're starting to be in another um, enjoyable team to watch again and um you know it's it's good to see obviously not part of the organization but it's good to see them just 
as a Buffalonian, seeing them as a as a team that's kind of up and coming, and um, you know, definitely, I think they're like a few points out of a playoff spot, which they haven't been uh, in a while in January. They're fun to watch. I mean, they can score yeah. a puck. Maybe they need a little bit more goaltending, you know. But uh, but no, well, it's they... a team effort, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you find Chris Drury during training camp and let him know that uh, you idolize him growing up, or no? Uh, we I don't think our conversations got that in depth. It was more so just <laughs> high and uh, you know, especially during camp, he's he's got some other things to do. So I'm just there to to play, and um, you know, he's he's balancing, you know, a few balls. I would say. Now, who was your favorite goalie growing up? Was it Hashik or was it Miller? I think it had to be Miller. I mean, Hashik, he, uh, I mean, obviously he's a great goaltender and everything, but I don't think anyone could really replicate his, um, you know, his processes. I don't know if you could say fundamentals. I'm not sure if they're, what his fundamentals really were, but, um, but just his game itself was very unique. So I was able to relate more with Miller growing up. And then uh, did I see Michael Pecco was your junior coach? <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he um, he helped me get connected um, with West Point when I was playing, you know, for the Buffalo Junior Sabres. And, you know, he was a great guy to just to talk to and be around. Um, and, and another guy like Marty Baran, I'm still in touch with him nowadays. So I feel like in Buffalo, you definitely – and being a part of the Buffalo Junior Sabres, I was able to kind of have a greater connection with, you know, with those guys. Not bad having an ex-NHL superstar like Pekka shooting on you too in practice. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was fun to be around. And um, yeah, just, you know, just uh, just having that repertoire that, you know, he had. And, um, you know, he was always someone that uh, you could learn from and, you know, just uh, talk to and kind of hear his experiences and stuff like that. So he was... Always interesting to talk to. Now, are you a member of Bill's Mafia as well? I think you have to be. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, there's, there's definitely more difficult times. You know, there was that early 2000s. You know, after the four falls, you know, it uh, it took a, a long time to get back to where they are now. But, you know, it was definitely a, a devastating loss, you know, last week. But, you know, you just, I guess you kind of have to uh, look take things into perspective and, you know, think things could be a lot worse. <laughs> There's no, is there a table uh, thing in your contract? No table jumping during this, during the uh, you know, they, season or no? They didn't add that. So maybe, you know, I could definitely try it. See, see, see what happens. There you go. I think we need a full goalie gear jump off one of those RVs. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty safe. I would say. As long <laughs> yeah, as you don't, exactly. set, don't set the table on fire. <laughs> Uh, so you, yeah, you committed to West Point. What was that process like for you? What other colleges were you looking at? And uh, obviously, there's a huge commitment when it comes with it going to uh, the military academy. Yeah, I'd say the process was. I mean, they originally reached out to me. I think we had just played a game in in Milton, I believe. Um, and you know, they just kind of that was the first time I got homework, you know, little did I know that would get a much, I'd get much worse going there. But, um, so they kind of gave me a little homework just to kind of look up, um, West Point, just kind of see exactly kind of what the, the school brought and, you know, the, the challenges, but also the opportunity that, you know, that presents people. And so that was kind of my first introduction to it. And the process, I mean, it was really, 
once you once you decide to go there, there's definitely a process of having to get medical approvals and um, a bunch of different approvals. Um, you know, one thing you're able to get past is just the uh, congressional approval, just because of the timeline. As uh, at least for hockey players, I mean, it's it's a turnaround of you know maybe six months as opposed to people who commit to going there, you know, like a year, year and a half in advance. So for me, I had, it was kind of funny. I found out that I was uh, red, green, colorblind during the process. I would, I went to uh, one of the doctor's appointments. They give you that, that book with the, has like all the different bubbles in it and they're all different colors. And they're like, oh, what number is this? So the first one's easy. I always get the first one and then then I go over 20 after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was an interesting, um, turn of events. So I had to get a, I had to get a couple medical waivers, um, after I learned that, um, that also disqualified me from branching aviation. So, that was, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, besides that, it was, um, you know, once you decide you want to go there, you report there July 1st and, kind of go through the six weeks of basic training over the summer. So you don't just, you don't just show up for school, you know, in August, there's you a, show up in August a, bit, a bunch of stuff yeah. in a futon. You can't just do that. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure coach Riley probably held his breath when he heard that his goalie was blind before they say colorblind. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah it does. I don't know if he, I don't know if he knew that or not. He, he never had to, I never had to disclose the information to him, you know, as long as they didn't, as long as they weren't shooting like red pucks in a green background or something, I was, <laughs> Good I was probably go. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so our, I, I've been to West Point a couple of times for football games and the campus is just absolutely beautiful. It's one of my favorite places to go visit and right on the Hudson. If you haven't been there, you have to go check it out. Football games were awesome. I've not been to a hockey game yet. Um, and I'm a U.S. history major, so I love all that, you know, history stuff and I walk around and everything, which is great. Um, but when you get there, obviously you're playing and you're also – have commitments now to the hockey, you know, to the actual military. So how tough is it juggling all your trainings and then also hockey training? Yeah, I would say that that first year definitely presented um, a lot of challenges. You know, I think it's, you know, like, kind of like you said, there's a lot of different things you have to juggle. You're not only um, adapting to like division one hockey, but you also have, you know, the military part of it where, you know, there's just different, different things as a freshman or plebe, um, however you want to refer to um, as a freshman going in there. But, you know, you have different distractions. So like every night you have different duties that, you know, you're kind of expected to partake in or, you know, help with. So there's like laundry duty, there's, I don't know, orderlies, like taking out the trash. So there's, there's different stuff like that where, um you know, you're expected to be there. And there's also, you know, the academic side of it as well. I mean, that first year, I think it's, it's kind of trial by fire. You know, they try and filter out the people that, you know, aren't, they don't think will make it. And, you know, oftentimes that's the time when, you know, if people are going to leave, that's that first year is when they, they will leave. So academically, they try and you know, it's called the Thera method where they, you know, you're expected to learn the material the day before you actually learn it in class. 
So, you know, it's definitely a bit of a challenge. It's, um, you know, they give you a lot of, lot of work to do and, you know, understand that you really don't have the time to do it, especially playing a sport. I mean, that once you, I think I got to the rink around three o'clock most days, and then you're not back, you know, to the barracks until, I don't know, like probably seven, I would say. And then you have what, two, three hours to do some work and then go to sleep and then repeat. So it's, um, yeah, I'd say like the biggest, I think the biggest thing I learned um, was just like compartmentalizing. So just, you know, kind of once you got up to the rink, you know, it was focusing on hockey. And then once you got back to the barracks, you know, it's back to school, back to the the military side of things. Um, so I'd say that. And then also just uh, time management was a great lesson you had to learn. Um, you know, it really wasn't an option to learn it. You kind of had to <laughs> kind of had to figure it out if you were to survive. So, um, yeah, those are just some great qualities that, you know, I kind of still use, you know, in my day to day life now. Well, you went on to have an outstanding career there. Um, I mean, really one of the best goaltenders in West Point history. Uh, all-time leader in saves, save percentage, um, two-time team MVP award winner. Uh, I'll keep on going on. Hold on. Hobie Baker nominee, uh, Mike <laughs> Richter award semifinalist, Lowe's All-American. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, what a, what an incredible run you had there. Yeah, I would say like those first couple of years, you know, my freshman year was definitely that, you know, that transition. But by the end of it, I was, you know, basically the number the number one guy at the end of the year. So I think, you know, just being able to build off that going to the sophomore year, having a pretty good year that year. And then, you know, my junior year, you know, we had a goalie coach come in, Ryan Hall, um, you know, and I was able to kind of really click with him, just uh, kind of what he was saying just made a lot of sense to me. You know, it doesn't, it's kind of like that with a lot of, you know, most people, I think, people can say things and, you know, it translates to some, but not, but not everyone. And, um, you know, that's indicative to, you know, just kind of like leading people as well. You know, there's people that respond well to different types of, uh, you know, motivations, I guess. So, you know, screaming at someone might, might motivate someone and then, you know, it might cause someone else to go into a shell. So it's, um, just uh yeah so just when I was working with him it just uh, a lot of the stuff he said just really made sense in my head it was something I was able to immediately put into effect and you know it definitely allowed me to have some success there and then also just um the team just kept growing you know I think when I initially got there my freshman year we had we just had one senior so you know, obviously there's, you know, you need leadership within the team. And, you know, I thought he definitely provided that, but they're kind of outnumbered when there's just one of you. So, um, so just going through those first couple of years, kind of getting to be in, you know, a rhythm and understanding, you know, kind of what I needed to do to be successful, um, just there, you know, and kind of understanding, understanding that it's, you know, it's really just a game you know, just the whole military side of it. And, you know, people, you know, you don't have to take things too seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just by that, that third year, I was able to kind of get in a rhythm and then, you know, the team 
kept improving every year I was there and, you know, were able to uh, have a couple good runs those last two years. And you know, I was able to be a benefactor of that. And obviously your success there led to pro hockey opportunities, but when you leave the military, there's a commitment that you make, you know, for years after that. Now I know you had a special um, dispensation on how to play, how that all play out and, and talk about that. Yeah. So my senior year, there was like going into May, which is when our graduation was, there was a policy that you could fulfill your commitment. So the normal commitment is five years active duty and then three years of uh, reserve time. Um, but going into my the graduation, there was um, a policy where you could basically translate all that time just into reserve time. So doing eight years of reserves as opposed to the active duty obligation. Um, and then I started like the process of doing that and, you know, sent the packet in, whatever. And then I found out uh, a couple weeks before graduation that you know, they, they reverted the policy and it went back to doing the two years active duty before you can basically do anything. So that was, uh, that was, that was a tough time. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was definitely a little depressed for a little bit, but um General Milley, he's the, you know, he was played Princeton hockey um, when he was going to college. I think he did ROTC there. Um, he was the joint chief of staff of uh, the Army at that time and big supporter of the hockey team. So he kind of helped me find a way to, you know, keep playing. So after I graduated, um, so I went to Bullock, which is, you know, like your officer course. And during that time, I was able to kind of, oh, I guess I should go back a little bit. So I, I had a kind of, I had um, an entry level contract with San Jose. Um, and then just due to the policy changing in the first place, um, I wasn't able to sign the contract. So basically during that summer, I went to like their dev development camp and then, um, while I was at that basic officer course, so I got there, say, August 1st, and it was like a three-month course. So, I mean, it, it ended around Halloween, November 1st. So during during the school, I was able to go to San Jose's rookie camp. So basically, just took a week of leave, <laughs> went to rookie camp, and then uh, had to go back and uh, finish school. So after I finished that school, I was able to join the, it was called the world-class athlete program. Um, initially it was designed for, well, it is designed for like Olympic athletes and or soldiers to like pursue their Olympic dreams. You know, they just have to have certain qualifications. Um, at the time there's never been a hockey player in the program, but uh, the commander at the time was a, he was an old army hockey player. So I was, <laughs> I was a little, <laughs> I was a little fortunate on that front. You know, it was a, it was a connection that allowed me um, to get into the program in the first place. And it happened to be um, an Olympic year. So I was able to get into the program. Um, so that bought me a little bit of time because they, I think ended up choosing the team in you know, late January, early February. So I was able to, after that school, 
I went to San Jose. I think I got there on Halloween and I was able to just be a normal hockey player for a little bit. I, mean, I don't know if I should say normal because I was just signing. I basically just signed PTOs because I couldn't sign like my normal entry level just because of the the army and um, they didn't want me to, to double dip. <laughs> and once, uh, so I wasn't selected for that. I went big team. So once, once that happened, I basically just had to get up and leave. So then. Oh, I, really? So once you didn't make the Olympic yeah. team, they were like, all right, you're not, you're yeah. no more. No, no. Yeah, okay. no more. So, so basically the, um, so the world-class athlete program, it's, it's based out of Fort Carson, Colorado, um, which is in Colorado Springs. So basically within that base, I got transferred to a different unit. So I, you know, basically just had to go to Fort Carson and join a, just join a battalion. And, you know, and then I was just a normal <laughs> army officer for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a hockey player anymore at that point um <laughs> played a lot of beer league though during the that year so it was like a year and a half where um so you can't be in the program more than three years from like the next olympics so there was like a year at that point where you know i really couldn't i couldn't do anything i was oh, just kind of kind of stuck yeah so yeah, so I just enjoyed, you know, the army part thing. You know, it was that was another tough transition. You know, I just had to, you know, be depressed for a little bit and then get over it. Um, <laughs> so I was, you know, definitely looking back. You know, it was definitely a great, great experience. I was able to, you know, meet a lot of people that I definitely wouldn't have if, you know, just being in the hockey world. You know, the army's just full of people with a bunch of different journeys, different backgrounds. So, um, you know, I was definitely fortunate to, to have that experience, even whether I wanted to or not, you know, but did um, you walk around and let people know, like, you know, I had a contract with the sharks, but I, I'm here now. Like, they don't know, think you're full of crap. Like, yeah, there's no chance. Like you had an angel contract for you. Yeah, no, no chance. Yeah. Word, word definitely got out. I, I didn't, that wasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, my pitch or my, the first thing I said, get getting there, but, um, um, <laughs> but once I got, you know, once I got there, I was able to, um, you know, make the most of the opportunity and, you know, and enjoy the, enjoy the experience. Um, and then, I mean, our, the army is almost a more stable life, <laughs> way hockey. Of life than, than hockey, I would say, <laughs> you you're, you're bound to be at a post for, you know, three years at a time, you know. Yeah, you know, unless there's unless you get deployed, I guess that's the only difference. But um, you know, you're you're basically stationed somewhere for about three years and then you leave. So, you know, that's a lot that's a lot more consistent than you know a hockey lifestyle. Yeah, and but, your first year back, I mean, you made uh, a few stops and uh but yeah. but are you still active right now? So I got out last March. Okay. So almost a almost a year ago. That's crazy. So you've been playing this whole time. Uh, so is this your first contract you've been able to sign or uh, have you been able to sign other ones since then? Or have you been in the program the entire time? Yeah, this was the first normal contract I was able to sign. It was, it was kind of weird. I was able to uh, like just accept the contract without having to 
get different approvals from the army and then balancing that between my agents and then <laughs> and then them just saying you know there's different stipulations that needed to be met every year so it was it was a lot easier this this summer for sure that's crazy um yeah well you made your grand return to hockey and you didn't pick an easy path <laughs> you went to the southern pro hockey league which we've had a couple guys on and that is a tough league to to get into and, and you've reached the american hockey league I, I don't think i've ever seen anyone go from the sphl to the AHL in one year. Yeah, it was it was a trip. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought maybe I should have just started in the Fed and and you know, <laughs> but I just added an extra level to that. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, a little bit interesting to start there. You know, um, I had a I think I had a coast contract with Greenville, but obviously those don't really mean anything leading into the year. Um, so it was more just like a tryout thing, you know, and then they got a couple guys sent down for Florida. So then I was left with the, <laughs> with no options. And I guess, I guess when you don't play for a year, you kind of fall off the face of the earth, you know, it's uh, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind type of thing. So, and then it was, it was kind of hard to get an SP contract. A lot of teams were just, um, you know, they didn't want me to sign me because they were like, well, he's just going to leave in a couple weeks anyway. So it was actually, it was kind of tough getting someone to, to sign me in the SP, honestly. Uh, but I got that opportunity in Evansville. And then I think I was there for two or three weeks, played a couple games and then got uh, called to Newfoundland. And yeah, I'd say yeah, Newfoundland and Toronto, that was you know, it was definitely a great experience being a part of that organization. And, um, yeah, I was definitely pretty fortunate to end up there. You know, it was, there's a lot, uh, worse places you could be. And, yeah. um, yeah. And just, uh, just the amount of resources they have on tap and, um, you know, and just the, the people in the organization it was, it was a lot of fun. Newfoundland's a great community. Uh, just <laughs> love going back there last winter. year. Newfoundland in the winter though, that's gotta be a little rough. It's a little rough. We, I mean, we got snowed in the, for like a week and a half um, when I was there. We were like, we couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was um, like the the snow was above the door frames, and oh, you know, I think my our trainer, my our athletic trainer, lived above me, so he actually shoveled me out, which was nice of him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. I think we were snowed in for like a week and a half. I think that was in. January of 2021 um it was 2020 2020 I think and um yeah so we were just I was just doing some stuff in our apartments and then once we got the go-ahead to to leave we basically had to hop on a plane and you know the same day we we had skated like a week and a half and then we flew to Reading had a morning skates and then played a game that day. So it's, it's a quick turnaround. That's quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah. What uh? What was your biggest adjustment going from? I asked this. To, I don't think I've asked this to a goal yet. From college to the American Hockey League, what was your biggest adjustment the first year going to San Jose? Yeah, I'd say it's um, you know, it's definitely like uh different things because you know in college I think you can play a little deeper like as far as depth and be able to get away with it just because guys. You know, as far as moving the puck laterally and, you know, picking corners, it's, it's not necessarily the same. You know, I think 
AHL, you're able, guys are able to kind of pick those corners a bit better and, you know, um, and, you know, also just like make those, those lateral passes a little bit quicker. So um, I would say just getting used to the, the depth portion of it and then, you know, getting adjusted to, you know, just being a little bit further out, you know, from the goal line. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's definitely guys that can, you know, you can definitely be successful playing a little bit deeper, but, you know, I think in college it's, you know, you're able to get away with a little bit more. So um, I'd say that's one of them. And then, I mean, I guess also just going from school, it was like very regimented, um, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, yours is a little more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then once you get some free time, you're like, Oh, well, what am I supposed, what should I be doing now? <laughs> you're looking for someone to give you something to do. Um, so I think that as well. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely elements to, you know, like the, my game in college that I still stick to today, but I think it's just kind of finding, you know, what works for you. It's like, you know, everyone's kind of their own person. So one person's game doesn't always gel with somebody else. So kind of just tinkering with that and figuring out what works. And you moved over to the, the Avs organization after with the, the Leafs. Um, but I want to talk about your time in Nashville. You got, was that your first annual training camp with the Preds? Yes. So talk about that. Like how cool was that experience? Yeah, it was um, definitely, it was definitely exciting going into it. And then um, just being able to, you know, kind of work side by side, especially with uh, Saros. I mean, that guy's is like so it's probably one of the best scares I've ever seen. I don't <laughs> like as far as like what he can do laterally and um yeah, I think he kind of has to just uh just due to being like a little bit undersized, you know, you kind of have to figure out ways to be successful. And um, you know, I think his his skating was just uh you know pretty eye-opening and something I definitely uh, strove to improve that year. Um, <laughs> but as far as that, and then just, uh, you know, playing with, you know, like Duchesne and, you know, Yossi and those guys, it's, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And, um, you know, and I think just, it's always fun just being able to play with those guys and playing um, up to, you know, the highest level, you know, whenever, whatever level you're at, I think it forces you to kind of up your game as well. So it's, um, you know, it's just, you just know it's, you're having, you're having a good time because you feel like you're playing well. And then, you know, you're, uh, you know, you feel like you're improving as well as, you know, just kind of, you know, competing against, you know, the best, I guess. And when I put one right by your ear, you're like, oh, wow, that, that came pretty quick. <laughs> uh, trying to think who it's, I mean, um, I'd say it's like the first year you kind of have, you know, it's kind of like when you go golfing that first time of the year, you have like no expectations, you know, you're just like going out there having fun. You know, it's like, there's no pressure or anything. Um, it was kind of like that, you know, the first, first couple of days are great. And then you, know, you kind of build some expectations on yourself. And when things don't go quite your way, you're like, what, what I do those first two days, I'm not doing now. So it's, <laughs> um, but I would say, I mean, Duchesne was like one of the first guys. It's just the one that pops into my mind, but yeah. um, just uh, kind of what he can do with the puck, just uh, that in tight just forces you to, 
you know, be able to move pretty quickly and, um, you know, and just kind of get, get the puck elevated, you know, that quickly and, you know, kind of change the angles. It's a little bit eye opening, but um, yeah, so that's, that's my answer. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh, and you end up having a great year with Florida last year. Uh, you guys win the Kelly cup and personally you had an outstanding season. You were, you know, top in the league and goals allowed and, and save percentage. So, uh, and 20 wins too, which is also always a big feat for goaltender. Yeah. Uh, so what, what was it about last year that really kind of your whole game came together? Cause you've had good years before that, but last year you kind of became the man in net there. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I think just playing, playing often, I think always helps. Yeah. I'd, I definitely feel like I, I mean, I feel like for most guys, it's like the more you play, the the better you feel because you're able to get into a bit, bit more of a rhythm you know, when you're playing, say, like, I don't know, once every other week or something like that, it's, um, it's definitely more difficult. It's not not really an excuse, but it's just uh, it's more difficult to kind of get into a better rhythm and, you know, feeling good and everything. So I think playing that often and then also, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a great team to be around. You know, it was pretty, pretty structured, you know, as far as, you know, in the defensive zone and everything. So, um, you know, I feel like they made it, they made like most things pretty predictable, especially in, um, you know, in this league, it can be kind of tough. It's, you know, I think they describe, you know, the East Coast League as kind of just chaos and then the AHL's organized chaos and then the NHL's just organized, I think is what, I believe is what the, the mantra is. So, um, so to be able to, to have a structured approach, you know, in this league is definitely helpful to, especially to goalies, just kind of like understanding, you know, the, uh, the chances that, you know, they're going to give up and, um, and also just, uh, kind of knowing where your team's going to be, it just makes everything more predictable. And, you know, I'd say the, the stuff that happens when, you know, that you're not expecting are the ones that you know, are the most difficult, I would say. So um, not only I'd say it wasn't just my game, it was just kind of the, the structure that the team operated in as well that that helped. So after that season last year, obviously you have a great year. You guys won the championship. There had to be some teams calling. So how did you land on the Rangers? Um, well, they, I mean, I feel like the, the one-way contract was, you know, pretty intriguing. And then also just um, – you know, I just felt like it was a good place to go as far as um, I think just because of the the history of the organization as well. You know, I think with I thought back to my time in Toronto and um, just the, the amount of resources and just the, you know, just the history of the organization was, um, it was just exciting to be a part of. And you know, I feel like the Rangers presented a, a similar opportunity i would say um and then also you know it's just uh just having conversations with you know ryan martin and um just the the different goalie coaches and benoit and all that stuff so it was um yeah i just i just like the vibe and you know i feel like they were saying all the the, the right things and it was uh yeah i just I was uh, pretty, pretty intrigued. And then also it just uh, felt like the right fit. 
about Ben Waller, obviously he has history of these outstanding goaltenders underneath them, Henrik Lundqvist and now Igor Shesterkin. Uh, what has he worked with you on so far? Like what, what have you guys talked about? I feel like his, he just keeps everything pretty simple. I would say, um, you know, he's not really trying to change your game or anything like that. It's more so um, just kind of doing like, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, like every guy has, you know, has to be their own person and, you know, not everything, not one thing works for everyone. So I think he kind of allows you to operate in, you know, your comfort zone and, you know, what makes you, you know, you know, your best version of yourself. So I think as long as you're kind of staying between the puck and the nets, you know, more than, <laughs> for, you know, like more than, you know, more than a certain percentage of the time, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you can't really complain, you know, and you're, um, so it was, I think just talking with him, he's, you know, he's, he's a fun guy to be around and, you know, I think his, uh, his personality and, um, just his, uh, you know, his philosophy, just, I think it carries down through the organization and just kind of, you know, it just allows for people to, and goalies to kind of operate to, um, you know, just give them the freedom to figure out their own games and um, just figure out what works best for them. Uh, now, so you go to training camp with the Rangers this year, obviously Igor is coming off of a Vesna trophy season. Uh, what were your first impressions of him? Yeah, I would say, um, it was, I mean, he's, he's obviously like, you know, the best goalie at the time. And, um, he's, uh, I mean, he's still pulling up, putting up great numbers this year. So it's, he's definitely someone you wanted to definitely pay attention to, to kind of what he was doing just to see, you know, if he had any, like a secret water bottle or something, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, what was the Mike's Mike secret stuff? Yeah. Secret stuff. You know, if he had any of that. You know, maybe some of the the Russian uh, fuel or whatever. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe you find the formula or something. But um, besides that, you know, it's just something you you're gonna watch and then just uh, kind of see how he operates. So you're always looking to. I feel like anyone or anyone that's kind of trying to kind of reach their potential is always trying to be better. And you know, I think. You know, kind of like what I was talking about with Saros was, you know, his his movement, his mobility. Um, that was kind of one thing I noticed with him. And then um, that was kind of one thing I worked worked on when I was in Nashville. And then I guess just watching um, Shesty this year, it's, um, you know, I feel like he has like a simplicity to his game, which I think is one thing that, you know, Benoit, um kind of preaches and has found successful. I mean, when you look at Lundqvist, like he wasn't uh, out there challenging excessively. Like he wasn't, he also wasn't a very, I mean, he wasn't that tall either. So it's not like he's uh, Mike Smith or something, just standing on the goal line, <laughs> six foot, whatever. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, there's definitely something to be said just for, having that, you know, kind of that patience to your game, just kind of allowing the, the game to come to you and, um, you know, and then just kind of having the confidence and, you know, trusting your game just to kind of let the puck come to I mean, it's got to come to you eventually, right? So, um, so I would say just, uh, yeah, I'd say just that, that patience and just the simplicity of it as well. Um, 
any guys in that camp stand out to you? Like, did anyone uh, like have a heavy shot or anything like that? They're like, oh wow. Hmm. I think. Uh, that's tough. That's uh. Let's see. Was there a goal scored on you that you got a little little pissed about afterwards? I got pissed. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe Panarin he scored on me on a shootout or a penalty <laughs> shot. That wasn't my best effort, you know. Was <laughs> hey, he's doing that to every other goal in the NHL. I know, did did, did he do the slow down hand thing, or did he go right I mean, in the move? Yeah, he came across the slot, just went really slowly, and then it's tough to like make to kind of get that rotation and maintain your edges, you know, kind of when they're going that, especially when it's him, like. You know, if he's, you can't tell if he's going to shoot and, you know, do a quick release or something. So, um, yeah. How, so that's, how tough is that tracking the puck though? Like, see, so like, cause it looks like he's moving in slow motion, but it's gotta be extremely difficult. Obviously he does it every night against NHL goaltending and they can't figure it out. Yeah. I'd say just with, uh, you know, kind of when you slow down like that, it's, you know, you're forcing the goalie to, um, especially when you come across like that, I call it the slot line, but it's basically the middle of the, the middle of the slot. Like at that point, you kind of have to change your positioning, like your angle, I guess. So mm-hmm. when you're on the left side, you're obviously angled more to the left. Um, you're opened up, I guess that way. And then once you hit that middle and have to go across, that's kind of when you have to, you know, adjust your, the angle at which you're um, facing. So I think anytime you cross that, and then, um, you also kind of have to maintain that that drift backwards. Kind of like once you lose that drift and you kind of get flat footed, you know that's that's when you can look start looking stupid. So it's, that's uh, when he hit. That's when he hit. That's when he hits. Yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> even though they're coming slowly and almost um, not directly at you, you still have to kind of maintain that uh, maintain that drift and kind of maintain those edges. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's crazy. He comes in like so slow. You're like, oh. Like this is, and he is like the guy every night, him and, and Fox too. He's incredible. Yeah. He looks like he's moving in slow motion too out there. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't think it's that hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, how now I, I, you know, overtime, you shootouts now, is it more nerve wracking in overtime for like when you're standing there as a goalie that everyone's just watching you? I like, guess there a little nerves. What are the nerves like for that? Um, I mean, I feel like you're being watched at all times, so I don't think the shootout really. <laughs> I'd say at that point, it's, um, I don't know, I feel like the shootout, you're probably more, I guess, free in a way. You know, there's not really, there's not many, like, it doesn't really affect your stats minus the the win or loss, I guess, at that point. Unless you're Robin Leonard, who uh, had that, had the end. <laughs> He had a tough uh, shootout record, I remember, yeah. a few years back. So he <laughs> became well-known for that. So I, um, but I would say it's – you kind of just can – I'd say you just do the same thing you've done on the whole game, really. And I think that's, uh, um, you know, just kind of – I mean, it just depends how you want to look at it, really. If you want to put a lot of pressure on yourself and, you know, just get nervous, I think you can do that or else you can – kind of look at it as, you know, another opportunity and, you know, a, a time to shine, I guess, when all the, the lights are looking at you and people are looking at you. So I think it's a lot of things. It's all about perspective. Do you add a little flair to any saves? Maybe like glove save, you, you know, flash it up a little bit on the, on the shootouts? And no? I, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I, I, I uh, use flash. I would say I try to make it look easy. 
and then that's my my form of flash okay all right all right igor igor does a little flash the glove afterwards to make it look like oh, yeah you know, yeah he does the whole windmill sometimes on the, yeah. the easy glove save on the breakaway just to get the crowd fired up. <laughs> yeah. uh he shot the open did you see him shoot the net the other night just missed yeah. the open net. yeah i did see that that's... Have, have we taken any shots this year have we, are we gonna score a goal or what you know it's it has the opportunity hasn't come up yet this year but you know i'm always open for I'm always looking for the opportunity, you know, maybe not down by one or up by one, but, um, you know, if you have that two goal cushion, definitely pops into the back of your mind. Um, I'll say, is that, is that like immediately so, pop up in the back of your mind? Like five, three, like, okay. Yeah. yeah they, you know, in two minutes scores left after net, you know, <laughs> I'd say like, yeah, teams up by two minute or minute left or so. Yeah. I think that's, you know, maybe if someone like dumps it in on you or something, you might you know, do a quick transition from the glove to the to the stick or something. But um, you definitely want to feel confident in your uh, shooting abilities. Now, during practice, you practice at all or no? I would, you know, a little bit. It's not, uh, you know, just what's the accuracy play? like right now? Are we, are I'd we say right the on? accuracy is pretty good. I okay. think it's the just elevating it to. You know, I think because it needs to hit a certain elevation, you know, you have to get it over people usually. So um, I think that's the challenging part is getting the elevation, but the accuracy. But if I keep, you know, if no one else is on the ice, which is unlikely, I think I could uh, be be pretty accurate at it. So the C's part is a, a, a random line a line change there. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dumping it on me, you know, everyone changes. I should have a good opportunity to score. <laughs> All right. Have you taken any shots in recent years at the net? Have you had any close opportunities? Nothing, not yet. Nothing, not, not really no. notable. <laughs> and then I have to ask this question: We ask every goalie this uh, goalie fight. I mean, in the in the coast, it could happen any night. Uh, <laughs> has anyone challenged you yet? Has that ever come in the back of your mind with this little bit of a line melee? Uh no, no one's ever, <laughs> no one's ever really tried. But I would. I don't think I would uh, partake. I think that's kind of, um, you know, someone else's job. All right. They I know that you're an army officer and probably yeah, have to mess with you too. I'm not scared. I just don't think that's really my role. <laughs> no, I'll say on the, the scouting report, they're like, okay, army officer, let's not fight him. Let's not go in. Yeah, maybe that's on the scouting report. Who knows? <laughs> um, your goalie mask. I love it. The Scooby-Doo on the side yeah. of it. When did you start incorporating that? Uh, I think I started doing it in college. My my nickname was Scooby um, in college, and then yeah, I really tried to embrace it just because there's there's a lot worse nicknames out there. So I'm like, I'm I'm gonna roll with this one. And once I decided that, I I started putting him on. He was on my uh, second mask in college, and then I've I've tried to put him on all my masks. Um, well, I've been pro. I'm trying to think if there's one. I don't know if I put him on my Toronto one or not, but all the other ones. So San Jose, Colorado, Milwaukee, and then my Hartford one this year, is, he's been on there. So, um, yeah, I think it's just like a fun fun thing to do. And um, I use Dave Art for all my, my mess and, um, you know, kind of, kind of allow him the – to do his creative thing. And, um, you know, I just kind of provide some, you know, some, maybe just some parameters and then he, uh, kind of operates within those. 
Yeah. I'd say my favorite one was uh, the one last year with Milwaukee. Cause he, he put like a pirate hat on him. He had like a sword in his mouth. It was, it was, it was good work. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the world's most famous mass designer too. He does all the big guy. I mean, and yeah. I, I think probably Ranger fans know him because Lundquist used him for all those years. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, his stuff is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's done. Um, he's, yeah, I've been, ha- I've been happy with all the masks he's made for me. And, um, you know, yeah, he's fun to work with. He's got, he's got his paint barn. So he's just, <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. I, I watch all the stuff. It's, I'm, I love it. I, I want to do like a live cause he won't show it live because, you know, then he'll see who what the guy's going to. Uh, yeah. but I want to see like, you know, kind of like him do his magic. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Maybe next year, maybe yeah. next year you tell him, say, hey, listen, let mine go early, do a full reveal. Yeah, I think so. He could, I mean, he could do like an Airbnb experience or something like that, you know, just paint farm, <laughs> paint farm with Dave. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. I would, uh, how about your pads? Do you design your pads too? Or is that just kind of a, um, you know, kind of give a couple parameters to go from there? Yeah, so I do, um, basically, they'll just give me a, they'll send like a PO number to True, and then my uh, True rep will send me a customizer, and then I'll um, I'll basically just go through the customizer, pick everything I want, and then just have a, kind of just like a summary conversation, you know, with the rep, just to make sure that it's everything that I think I want, and um um, but yeah, so it's, it's nice to be able to kind of pick our colors and, um, you know, kind of have that freedom. I know forwards indeed don't really have the, the same luxury. No, no. And it's nice cause Hartford and, and you got the blue down there. So it kind of matches all together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just did a little hints of red. Um, just cause it's not, we have, we still wear the red pants down here. So, um, it still matches and everything, but, um, yeah, I guess it doesn't really match with the jerseys, but it matches with the pants at least. So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yes, you guys still wear the Ranger pants, right? You guys wear the Ranger pants underneath the pads, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it's, I mean, those are the pants they send us. So, um, and I, I can't stand wearing a shell; it just feels restricting. So, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, how about the, you know this? I, I asked your coach about this too, and he is not a fan. Uh, the special promo jerseys when you guys wear the promo jerseys. Uh, what yeah. do you think about those? I would, I think if, um, I think if like the material was consistent with our normal jerseys, it would be fine. But usually, usually the material is just, it's just not, not great. It's not great quality. So I think, um, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them either. It just, especially some of them are just kind of ridiculous. Like I think there was because we're dumb and dumber this year. I mean, yeah, the dumb and dumber ones, like I can, I can get behind certain ones. Yeah. SpongeBob. (laughs) Most of them aren't very like well-designed. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who designs them, but I think there's, there's better work to be done. I would say. (laughs) And for a goalie too, obviously like your arms get restricted if it's not good quality too. So yeah, it's, I find like around the neck too, it's like a little tight. Um, even like the socks, I usually end up just cutting the socks really, um, just because they're usually too tight. So it, it basically all my stuff just turns into shreds for the most part. <laughs> You're a real fun jersey auction off at the end of the day. Then that's yeah, great. yeah. They, they find all the the cuts in the you know the armpits, the jerseys. They find this 
the socks are cut in half. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, it's fine. And then how about like 11 a.m. games? How tough is that? To, like, you know, for those like school games, uh, especially as a goalie, like, you know, you go through your can't your routine. Uh, how yeah. tough is that? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely different. You you kind of have to. I think that's one thing like you can learn with pro hockey is that you can't really have. Um, you, I would say like being superstitious, you can't really do that just because it's kind of impossible to repeat the same thing over and over again, especially with these random game times and, and everything. So I think just having a routine and, you know, kind of trying to stick to stick to as close as you, as you can, um, you know, with the food, it's a little weird kind of eating breakfast food slash, lunch i guess at you know whatever time <laughs> so the the 11 o'clock games yeah those are you kind of just wake up and just go and just give it your best shot <laughs> yeah well, basically oh yes like always i feel like always are superstitious or have a superstition about what they do uh you don't have anything going on you don't do like you know one skate on or something like uh different like that no, I just I don't like superstitions whatsoever. So I just <laughs> I've chosen not to do them. I usually I try to do things differently most games just to prevent any from forming. Okay, all right, that's good. Um, yeah. now uh, you talked about that your snow story up there, but any bad travel stories you've had uh, through your years so far? Bad travel. I mean. Let's see. There's well, every time we went, actually, when I was at Florida last year, it was like almost every time we went to Jacksonville, our bus would break down. Um, but it would break down like once we got there. So we'd always just find scooters from the hotel and scooter the rink, you know, for games, for pregame skates and stuff like that. Um, bad channel stories. I mean, we've had some. I guess uh, on our way back from Newfoundland when I was in Florida last year, because we played Newfoundland in the conference finals, like our one of our flights got canceled. And then um, we flew back on the next flight and like half the team made it through customs for our, our connecting flights. And then the other half got stuck uh, going on a later one. So um, there's... Well, and then what happened? There was like one time we flew back so late. It was might have been the same the same trip, honestly. But we flew back to we were supposed to fly into Fort Lauderdale. I think it was like two or three in the morning, and no one was was working. So we like we were like circling <laughs> around, waiting. Just uh, the pilot was calling in to have someone land us and no one was there to land us. So we, <laughs> then we had to fly to like a different airport. Um, they're just closed. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, no, there's no one's there. You can't come. <laughs> so we, we had to fly to uh, a different airport and then get bus back or something. So stuff like that. It's um, yeah. You just kind of, you just really have to roll with it. Oh man. That's pretty good. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us this week and best of luck this year. And hopefully we'll see you back up in Hartford again, maybe soon. We'll see what happens up there, but you guys got a pretty solid goalie tandem down there in, in Jacksonville with uh, Olaf and Charles. So uh, exciting yeah. things down there for you guys after they had a good season last year. You guys had a better season last year and uh, down in uh, with the Everblades, but hopefully you get back to uh, the Kelly cup this year as well. 
yeah, I mean, obviously that's the goal and, you know, it's a lot of fun working with, uh, Charles and Olaf. It's, uh, it's a fun tandem to be a part of. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a great, great atmosphere and, uh, you know, a great group of guys. So looking forward to see what we can do. Awesome. Well, best of luck, buddy. Appreciate it. Great talk with you. Thank you so much to Parker for joining us. That was awesome. It was great to hear his story. Just an incredible, incredible story. Like I said before the interview, just crazy path. You know, he, like he said, he got the special waiver to play and then it got taken away when he didn't make the Olympic team and uh, that he couldn't play anymore. And to go from being a pro hockey player to now you're back in the army barracks and you're now back in the military and you can't live out your dream. And then you go back. It's just crazy, crazy story. It's very cool to see his path. And, uh, I, I mean, he's made some great saves down in Jacksonville. We've seen his highlights. He's uh, 10, 6, and 1 on the year so far. So uh, Jacksonville's off to a good start. They had their best season ever last year. You know, we had the coaches on earlier uh, in December to talk about the success the team had last year and building off that. And uh, he's been uh, pretty much a star down there in Jacksonville. Him and Olaf Limbaum have been the uh, the goalie tandem in the former Rangers second-round pick. So uh, I've been keeping an eye on Jacksonville. Obviously, we got a couple guys we've had on the show. Ryan Lowen has bounced around up and down between Hartford and Jacksonville. He's down in Jacksonville now. Uh, you know, Christian DiGiacinto uh, is down in Jacksonville, now back up at Hartford. He's gone back and forth. So I'm keeping an eye on the Hartford guys down there. And uh, obviously, he's a guy to watch. So make sure if you're checking out any Jacksonville Iceman games, make sure you go check out uh, the goaltending team there, number 31. Great guy, and I, I can't thank him enough for joining us. That was great to talk with him. And that does it for episode 117 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners who have donated and uh, have made uh, the five-star reviews. We had three more come in this last week, so make sure you go on there and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review. Every five-star review we do receive, a dollar is donated to Alex's Lemonade Foundation to help an amazing cause fight pediatric cancer. So thank you to everyone who's done that. Please just take it takes literally two minutes of your day. Go on there, leave a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and help that amazing cause. Make sure you go on Spotify, find the show there, and subscribe. You can find the show on Google Play, Amazon Music, uh, Pandora, Spreaker, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. Make sure you find the show on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat Podcast. You can find the show on uh, Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find my personal Twitter account at K Hall Make sure you go check out all my latest articles on bellyupsports.com. And also make sure you go and subscribe to the show on our YouTube channel where we're posting clips, full episodes, and also specials on there at, Broadway, at the Broadway Hat Podcast on YouTube. Uh, we have some exciting stuff coming out and rolling out there. So make sure you go check us out there and subscribe. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.